0: Take a glimpse into the culture and grim history of a country that's fought for centuries to stand united. Take a glimpse into a -a once-in-a-lifetime study abroad opportunity for five students at York College of Pennsylvania. Take a glimpse into the country of Poland. The Global Citizenship Program of York College of Pennsylvania set out to send five students and several alumni to a mystery location. The goal, to uncover what it's like to adapt in a new culture in less than 10 days. The admission process to get into the program spanned over a month and accepted over 100 applications of eager York College students waiting for the chance to delve into a new world. After the semester break, the students and location were revealed. Students Tara McCauley, Mara Gallant, Aaron Thomas, Zachary Campbell and myself were given the opportunity to tour three different cities in Poland, in addition to Majdanek and Auschwitz, two of the most well-known concentration camps of the World War II era. Today we'll speak to some of the students about their experiences on this travel log. Our first stop, the city of Warsaw, Poland's capital. The hustle and bustle of the city is almost reminiscent of a foreign New York City. People walk around, mingle, shop, and enjoy their time in the city just as much as anyone in the U.S. would. Adapting to the new culture had high points and low points for our students.
1: Mara Gallant, a rising junior, said, I have no idea what the signs say. I had to like look at the fine print and everything. It was like weird and like kind of gave me a different perspective on what it must be like for people in America to not have their language be... Tara Macaulay, a senior York College student, had different views on adapting to the culture. Everyone seemed to be pretty fluent in English. I was thinking there was going to be like a language barrier going over there, but it was really impressive that they spoke very well.
0: September 1st of 1939 marked the invasion of Poland and the beginning of a cruel era. Adolf Hitler sought to control Poland by gaining access to the capital and did so quickly by September 7th. German forces were better equipped compared to their defensive counterparts in Poland. By the time another country thought to intervene, it was too late. Our first tour guide, Philip, talks about war relations.
2: England didn't join the war until the attack of Germans on Norway next spring, 1940. Uh, France France was defeated within a couple of weeks, also in summer, 1940, and also just surrendered.
0: Soon after, the creation of the Warsaw Ghetto split the Jewish residents from the non-Jews. The Nazis built a brick wall that stretched throughout the entire city, blocking off any interactions of those that were trapped inside. Originally, there were over 360,000 Polish Jews living in Warsaw before the city was invaded. After, the numbers drastically changed. Our second tour guide, Ziggy, explains the change. There was
2: another 90,000 Jews from Grob to Warsaw Ghetto from Warsaw vicinity. Warsaw suburbs, so from small towns and villages surrounding Warsaw. Even though the first be- at the beginning of November it was almost half a million people, you imagine that the, po- the, the food ratio those days, especially in the ghetto, was very, very limited.
0: Our group walked down the path leading into the Warsaw Ghetto. Very few buildings remain of what used to be the homes of thousands. The only remnants are outlines left from the brick wall and a Jewish cemetery that holds a mass grave of unnamed victims. Buildings and history are now crumbling because of a dark crusade that is long to be forgotten. The people of Warsaw walk through a city that saw death and destruction of a people that were discriminated against
1: because of their religious beliefs. So they have to... their lifestyle around their history and kind of form like the more intense connection with it while also for moving forward and making progress in their their own vibrant lifestyles. The people that were imprisoned in the walls of the
0: ghettos weren't just trapped they were starved and beaten into submission. Food was rare but surviving was even harder to accomplish. After a certain amount of time a black market was created.
2: It was the only place where you could get something. You know, shortages of everything. So there was nothing in the shops, nothing, literally. So, and uh, here it was the only place where if you have money or something to exchange, you could get something really like basics.
0: If you survived the shortage of food, you were sent off into train cars to concentration camps. The worst part, most people
1: believed they were going to a better place. People purchased tickets to go on rides to get to a better place, but that place ended up being death camps.
0: Prisoners were sent to places such as our next stops on the trip, Majdanek and Auschwitz concentration camps. From a faraway glimpse, any ongoer would think that Majdanek was a prison or a military facility. Barbed wire fences and gates surround the camp, making sure no one would escape. Wooden bunkers line up and down a path uniformly. And finally, a mass grave located at the end of the camp held more than 20,000 prisoner bodies. For those that understand the history of majnek its roots are much darker than its outside appearance. We walked down a path that was originally constructed from the gravestones of Polish Jews to enter the grounds. During the war, prisoners that were imported here had to walk barefoot down this path. Bunkers were designated by gender, nationality, and even capability to work under brutal circumstances. Our tour guide, Magda, gave us insight into how many different nationalities were imprisoned here until its end in 1944. We can see names of nationalities whose representatives were killed in Majdanek. More than 50, more than 50 nations. The way the wind howled that day shook everyone to their core. Hearing and seeing the remains of the atrocities that occurred in this place gave us new insight into history that a book could never accomplish. Even then, much of the history is skewed. Several documents on Majdanek said that 80,000 prisoners were killed over the span of four years. We learned this wasn't true. Closer to 260,000 prisoners were massacred here. The most in one day? 20,000. This is known as the Harvest Day. Prisoners were lined up throughout the camps,
1: stripped of all clothing, and eventually led to a mass grave. You had a group of people that you were forcing into hard labor to what I guess at first what to them must have seemed to dig a pointless hole and then just have them line up and be shot into it, and just to fall into, into their last labors because they were deemed not, not good enough for an ideal society.
0: These visits affected our travel group in a way that we could have never imagined. It's difficult to think about it all in retrospect, but it's also important that we keep the history of these camps alive so future generations can understand the gravity of what happened. Tara comments on the moment she connected most to this experience.
1: Actually getting out and walking the path that people have walked and just seeing the grand scope of how big uh, Auschwitz-Birkenau was Even though the
0: history of Poland has been tainted by the remnants of World War II, the culture has been blooming as their country has been rebuilding in the past decades. The strength of this country is truly inspiring. They've been forced to stand together for many centuries through many invasions and wars. Our tours to the next cities of Lublin and Krakow were nothing short of extraordinary.
1: You'd have, you know, cities that were completely rebuilt to look more modernized, like Warsaw, which would still have a couple old buildings that are... War-era buildings but that are slowly developing into modern buildings with companies buying them out. And then you'd go to places like Lublin and you would see this old little village that was really just what you would feel a European little town to look like.
0: The vibrant colors in the town square made it truly feel like we were standing in the middle of an art piece these were some of the greatest aspects I remember as I think back on this experience. Even though the war damaged the economy at the time in Krakow, in recent decades, the city has seen a growth with tourist interactions and even movie filmings such as Mission Impossible.
2: On the West, you know, places like Berlin, Prague, you know, Budapest were getting popular. Like for Prague was very important, for example, Mission Impossible when they filmed it in Prague. So, but they were getting popular, Budapest, But Krakow had to wait for a while, and uh, so when they were filming, they really literally, they didn't need to change anything. Just put the camera and film.
0: The tale of the famous trumpeter in Krakow Square is also a tourist favorite. At the beginning of every hour, a trumpeter comes out from a balcony and recites the Polish anthem in remembrance of the Mongol invasion of Poland.
2: They say that in the 13th century, Krakow was attacked by uh, Mongols or Tatars, nomads from the East. And so, it's true, three times, you know, normals came here, raided Kraków, destroyed it, so it burned it down. And during one of the raids, uh, you know, the trumpeter was playing the warning, and there was a Mongolian sniper, an archer, who just shot the trumpeter.
0: The meals in Poland were very heavily based on meat and bread. Food was hearty, and it was very different from what we're used to in America. The running joke with our group was there is always lard with each meal instead of butter. For us to go and tour this beautiful country was a privilege that I wish I could relive every day. Seeing the sights of the Holocaust and talking with the native people gave such depth to the way we adapted to a new culture. We took away so many lessons from this experience, but the most important is just to be accepting of everyone. Even though we may live in different parts of the world, we are still connected and still live on the same planet. By accepting differences and keeping our history alive and accurate, we can educate our future generations on how to make sure nothing like the Holocaust ever happens again. This has been Amanda Stagg at WVYC Radio. Thank you for listening to the Poland Experience.